0: This is Film Center,
1: your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hey everyone, welcome to Film Center, your number one place for studio news. My name's Derek Johnson II and I'm here with writer-publisher... Jamima Victor. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, how are you? I'm doing great. As you guys know, we take L.A., we go here at L.A. Comic-Con, we take the radio show everywhere and introduce you to very interesting people. Now, what's really great is that she's a fantasy writer. Yep. She's an African-American fantasy writer.
0: Yep, Haitian too, for all my zoos out
1: there. And tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, so my name's Jamima Victor. I'm actually from Boston, Massachusetts, so we came out just for this weekend. Awesome. And, um I would say that I'm a writer by trial by fire because I never really saw myself writing. When I went to school, I went to school for a whole bunch of different things. I switched from like psychology and then I went to education. At the yeah. time, I was like doing music and French. I ended up... Like, oh, you speak French? Yeah, so my wow. parents both came from Haiti and they immigrated here. Oh, yeah, wow. so okay. I speak Haitian Creole, English. Haitians um, make such great crab. Yes,
1: they do. Legume. They, oh my gosh, in the lit- yeah, yes.
0: yeah, you gotta come to Boston. You gotta come to Boston and get some.
1: Yeah, there's no I, Haitians I, I, out here, right? I don't. I haven't really seen too many. Not really. When I'm, I graduated from Florida State University, and yeah. when I was over there, it was a lot of Haitians, but not over here. I gotta come yeah. to Boston and then check yeah, it out. Yeah,
0: yeah, you gotta do. You gotta yeah. do it. And one of the cool things actually about being Haitian is that I have a lot of influence in my writing and in the style of the humor too. So if you see like food references, like 90% of the food references in the book are from Haitian cuisine.
1: Really? So yeah. oh, interesting.
0: I, I just so like repackage it and like gatekeep a little bit. I don't, I'm not gonna just like throw the names, like some yeah. like, especially in pop culture, like one of the ways they make something like ethnic is just like, for example, I was reading one of, I think it was like Six Crimson Cranes, right? Or like mm-hmm. one of the books by Elizabeth Lim. And she mm-hmm. does, I think, I, I wanna say Chinese, but I think it's one of the, Asian diaspora, but she just throws in the names of the things. She's like, oh yeah, we had these sticky buns, or we had these
1: like they say in general, like a general name for it, instead of actually saying what it is.
0: No, like they'll say it like like the actual dish, and just assuming that the audience knows what it is. So like a lot of the oh, times, like they'll throw in. Uh, let
1: me give a better example. Say, like, I think of it. Like, <sighs> the only one I can think of where the audience probably knows what it is, like *Princess and the Frog*, where yeah, she's like, I made gumbo. Yeah. yeah, but that's such a the- general term that they would know that. Yeah. Compared so- to something like oh, like my mom, she makes. A, a seafood gumbo yeah. that she calls Seaside. Oh, nice! And so, where she's from in Alabama, she's from Birmingham, Alabama. There, if you say oh, "I'm making Seaside," some people know. from there they'll understand. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know what type of gumbo she's making specifically. Yeah. Compared to, like you said, if you say specifics, not everyone might know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So being a writer, how do you make sure that your influence, where you're talking about, your influences transfer over? Is that a technique that you use? You say the general term?
0: No, I actually describe the dish. So, for example, in one of the books, you'll see them say, in the first book, you'll see them say like, honeycombed meat. So, weed tripe is part of the stomach of a, of a beef, of an animal, right? So, I don't know if it's beef intestines or beef stomach, something about beef that. Beef stomach, it's yeah. It's like the tripe. So, I just yeah, describe tripe. it like honeycombed yeah. meat, and I'll just like, describe, like, I'll look at a picture of it, or I'll think about what it looks like when I'm eating it, and mm. I'll describe the sensations. I'll be like, you know, the texture or the smell, or like the infusions of this and that, versus, like, outright right saying it because also I feel like there's no real good like English translation for what I'm trying to say or I don't know it there might be somebody might have it but like for example cremas is like a Haitian drink that we have it's like Uh. rum it's coconut milk it's very sweet it's very creamy and it's very thick and uh. you have it over ice and that kind of, as the ice melts and you mix it in your drink, it becomes more of like a sipping drink, right? Mm-hmm. I would like, the, you don't just chug it. I would akin how you experience it. It's like an old fashioned, you have it in a rocks glass with yeah, like the yeah. ice, you pour over it. But then on Google, they say Haitian eggnog. Haitian eggnog? Haitian eggnog. Eggnog. Just because yeah. it's the same color, it's so different. I feel like eggnog I actually, is I've actually
1: never heard anyone say Haitian eggnog before. If you
0: Google cremas, a good amount of search hits will say Haitian eggnog. And I'm like, you're lying to the people. That is not what it's, that is. No. It just
1: looks like that. So it's just,
0: it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it just
1: only looks like in texture and in Yeah. Yeah, so but I feel like the
0: experience is different.
1: Yeah, so you have all of these very interesting roots, and they branch off into your writing. Mm-hmm. and you said that you didn't start off wanting to be a writer. It's interesting because I'm, I'm a screenwriter myself. and I also from, I, I started off in science. Oh, I was nice. studying to be a geneticist all the yeah. way until I was in college and things like that before I decided oh, maybe I want to do something else. What was that point for you where you were like, you know what, I think I'm going to go into writing and not just like, I think this is what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, that point for me was when the experience in school didn't match the experience at work and not even just like the environment. A lot of people are like yeah. You say school, Do you mean like college? College, yeah. So I went to university, I went to Boston College and we studied accounting and it's funny because everyone thinks it's so dry but I was fortunate enough to have really great professors. Like a lot of the Mm -hmm. professors that I had Mm -hmm. won like their department award of the year of being the best professor or whatever. Oh that's awesome. Yeah, so I had this one tax professor and he was great. Ed Taylor. Listen,
1: he shout out to just, Ed Taylor. That, right, shout
0: out to Ed Taylor. He <laughs> literally just made it make sense in real life. Like he would relate and I don't know. I feel like he was also a tax practitioner as well. And uh-huh. he was just like, go golfing every weekend. like, I just flew back from Miami. Yeah. But like, he was just like, so even just how like when you're going shopping, the reasons why you have better deals in certain ends of the year is because a lot of businesses want to meet their quotas and they'll have the like, sales. And after Christmas, if you want to go shopping, go after Christmas because yeah. everyone is calendar year. The details. The details. Yeah. Yeah. He'll explain the cycle. Like a calendar year is January 1st. And to December. That's mm. when, like, at December 31st, like, whatever sales, whatever money you make after that doesn't count for the year. Do you
1: bring some of that accounting knowledge? Because you're running your own business here. Yeah. yeah. Do you bring some of that accounting knowledge, you think, into your own business? Yes and no.
0: And yes in the sense I know what I need to do, but no in the sense I don't do it. I just find someone to do it <laughs> or I put it, it off until I can hire someone to do it. Yeah. I think with self-publishing, the hardest thing is that you're always juggling. And if yeah. you ever see those circus yeah. acts where they're just throw another ball to the clown and he keeps juggling, they throw another one, they mm-hmm. throw another one until he can't stop juggling, like yeah. what self-publishing
1: feels like. On this show, we talked previously with other professionals who start off professional, then they go indie, or start off with the studios and stuff like that. Then they might go indie, because they see something they don't like over there, and then they go, eventually always go back to the studio, but with their new indie project and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where would you say that you're, I don't want to say training, because that might be a little bit too far, right? But where do you say, where was your writing experience come from before you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. For example, my writing background, I, I used to just write for myself a, a little bit, but not it wasn't what I really cared about, right? And then when I actually started saying, okay, I'm going to start doing this, it came with screenwriting. I was in film school. It was a whole thing, right? For you, when where did your experience with novels come from? Was straight up reading or you were like, yo, did you take any classes or any training? We're like, okay, this is how you start writing.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I like to read a lot, especially growing up. I read, devoured the whole Twilight series in like Mm -hmm. a weekend. I think the biggest thing for me is like if something captivated me, I just want to read and read. But in high school, I feel like also messed up reading for me because it was, like, a lot of mandatory reading and I didn't like it. Yeah. And, um,
1: mandatory, like, you like doing something until someone tells you to do it. And,
0: and I feel like yeah. sometimes, too, I feel like it's just, like, the way they, like, approach it because even, I feel like senior year in high school, I started liking to read again because I always felt, like, overwhelmed. Like, I felt like I had so much thrown at me. I was just cliff-note everything. Mm-hmm. Cliff-note everything. Like, I just need to know the bigger picture, I need to know the why and where things are going, and I'll mm-hmm. just finesse from there. So I think, I feel like that part of me, having yeah. to like finesse and try to take little things and like, make it together to make sense, yeah. is what really fueled my writing because I ended up APing out of English, so I didn't have to take English in college. Yo, that's but very- I'm just like, well, I don't know how. But yeah. I feel like it's a lot of, it feels like really bad, but having to do things at the last minute and just having to like get these essays done, because the thing is though, like my, learning before i did accounting i was psychology education so it's a lot of writing a lot of research papers a lot of designing studies and making breaking things down for people
1: and just writing it up since you didn't always want to be a writer per se where does that where did that really start from or like looking back because like me that i'm older and i am a professional writer and things like that and i write for studios and write movies and television shows and all this good stuff I look back, even though I was like, I didn't want to become a writer until I was like 24. I'd never read a script before until I was like 24. I had done some plays and stuff like that. Yeah. But when I look back on my history, I'm like, oh, I made this newspaper comic book when I was in middle school. Oh, yeah, That yes. one time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone had that I did one
0: too in middle school that <laughs> one right, time. Right, yeah. right.
1: And so is there a time back in the past, now, now that you're a professional writer, you're like, oh, okay. I see where this kind of came from.
0: Yeah, I definitely loved journaling. I feel like I process through writing like I'd always Mm. just like and it's funny too because I always had an idea like after I get through a couple books of a hidden script I want to do one off like one hidden script book one non-genre book, and yeah. like one of the ideas for a book that I had was like a dual perspective, where you see the girl's journal, mm-hmm. and then you see her experiencing life. Mm-hmm. So that's where I always see myself processing things through writing, or even like when I was like autographing a book, some guy's are like, "Oh, you really like to write? You put a paragraph in there?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't realize that. I yeah. was just I had a lot to say." Yeah. So I think it's just like clues like that, and even in middle school, I used to like to make comics and stuff. I made actually a book and stuff, like a yeah, little, yeah, like a little
1: like twenty page <laughs> thing, like and was a little funny. world of characters. I used to write jokes and things and then I would yeah. force my artist friends to draw it oh I'd nice, be like oh nice. look this is true we made it, it was called random world we made yeah. this a comic book we, we took I don't want to say still because that's not what happened we, we took it out the yeah, printer yeah, yeah, that the was th- in the homeroom <laughs> and we folded it in half and stapled it in little comics the oh, and yeah. you know what I'm saying all those small things they transfer over to who you are as an adult however mm. there's not a lot of african-american fantasy writers even the writers that I speak to when in my own industry it seems like the only thing Hollywood is greenlighting is either black pain when it comes to slavery, yep. or something like Racial that, or, or, or drugs, or, yep. or gangster stuff. Yeah. Or actually, that's that's the really the main thing. Even when it comes to Luke Cage, I say it's a little bit different because he's a superhero, but he came from that era of what's going on and things like that. Mm-hmm. Compared to the updated Black Panther, it's not really focused on that. Yeah. Being an African American female who's writing in fantasy, you don't have a lot of compared to possibly other reasons, you don't have a lot of people that you're looking up to who look like you. Is there any writers that you were, when you were younger, you were like, I love this style, at least when to incorporate oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. It's funny, because my friend had just asked me, like, why didn't you tell people this? So, basically, their eyes were watching God by...
1: Their eyes were watching God. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. I don't know why
1: her name is blanking. It's always when you're on the favorite. spot you it's blank. It's
0: always when I'm on the spot. It's always <laughs> yeah. when I'm yeah. And she did um, Jonah's uh, Gourine. She did. She writes in the prose, like the dialogue style that I'm thinking of. So she has phonetic. I can't remember. But that, I just, book I just, yeah, that book was inspirational to you. That book was really inspirational. Okay. Mm-hmm. It turned into a movie, Halle Berry, Michael Ealy, yeah. all of them. It was yeah. really, really good. But that just. It was just beautiful because it was just about her trying to live her life. Um, Janie, she's like this young girl and she gets married off and stuff like that. But it was just um, very beautiful. And it's just, I love, I never really see phonetic language like that and it not be like, I don't know, like hood derived or like the gangster that of writing.
1: So do you have any other influences, I don't know, that inspired
0: your style? Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite books that I had read, I had read it when I was younger, and then I went back to reading it older and watched the movie and everything. Is Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah. Yeah, it's really, oh, listen, it's so beautiful. And like, she has, so she's from Florida, and she based in a small town near the area that she was in. And one of the cool things about it is that it just wasn't like, a lot of times when I had read other books that I used, like, slang or African-American vernacular or just, like, even phonetic spelling. It's not, it, was, it doesn't
1: feel genuine, does it?
0: it? Okay. One, it does feel genuine. But two, it's always the same perspective of being in this, the hood or a basketball kid trying to, like, like love and hip-hop on
1: repeat. Something that you've seen a, a billion yeah. and a half times. Yeah. Yes. You know, I think that's so interesting and to bring up. And struggle
0: love. Like, this one was yeah. struggle love, but a different perspective. Like, she had money. She was married off young when mm-hmm. her husband was, like, married, or whatever. But I feel like you focus more on the woman's experience, on Janie and her life yeah. and what she's thinking. And even yeah. when she fell in love with Tea Cake, it was like, he was like, I don't need your money. You live off my dime. Whatever I go, you go. It was just, I don't know, just the way that the story was constructed and just, even how she had the descriptions and everything. It was just so beautiful. So mm-hmm. beautiful. And so I love the movie, too. It was such It had me crying. But I just love the fact that it was... Even though it didn't have a happy ending traditionally, like I yeah. still felt like a warm catharsis. You still felt satisfied. Yeah. Still
1: felt satisfied. Yeah. And- There's such a lack of African-American female fantasy writers. I myself, yeah. I'm working with a couple different projects. And some of them, it's not, not black female writers because there is. Yeah. Shonda Rhimes is a big hero of mine. Yeah. She's- Isha Rae is really great. She's not a personal hero of mine like Shonda is, but like she's also uh, really wonderful. However, they're not writing fantasy. Yeah. And you think about things like Lovecraft Country. Yeah, these are heavy fantasy that's made by Black fantasy. I really think that Black. You think that Black fantasy is being pushed away? Not pushed away, but needs more light.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I feel like it's a weird pull where if it's a hot, popular thing right now, mm-hmm. we're on it. For example, I think it also has to deal with like all the different medias intersecting. Because like, yeah. right now, Afrobeats is like, a hot thing. Like, you'll have people who never step foot in Africa, people who don't yeah. know anything about any black people trying to have that beat in their song. Yeah. Nigeria yeah. is popping, which you also see a lot of just like, Afrocentric fantasy popping mm-hmm. right now, too. Children in Blood and Bone, a lot of just Nigerian writers. Stay With Me by Adebayo Adeyemi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I, I might be butchering their names. I'm doing this <laughs> on the fly, but there's like a lot of things that are people are always writing these things, but they yeah. weren't getting
1: as much attention. I feel it's until so interesting. It's you bring now. up the pan Africanism. Yeah, I just heard this term yesterday oh, here. Okay. For the, they call it Afro May. Afro May. Afro May. A- a- African American and like anime. Oh. So, Afro Samurai, the yeah. Boondocks, things like that. I didn't that. know that. Yeah, and it oh. seems, oh, it only came out because now it's popular.
0: But it's yeah. always been there, though. I know, but the Boondocks, they didn't like the Boondocks. And uh, even, what is it? Was it Samurai Shampoo or something like that? Someone was saying, like, it's like the ghetto boondocks. I don't know. Someone was, like, trash. Samurai Shampoo does have a lot of hip hop in influence. it. But there's another one that was, like. Was it Afro so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Samurai? That's the one with Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, it's yeah. a cheap knockoff of anime. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Wow! You know they're made by anime studios—the yeah, yeah. same studios that make the yeah. stuff they usually like. Yeah. A as a, as someone who writes fantasy, what are some of your favorite fantasy stories? Ooh, that's a good question.
0: I'm not really sure. I feel like the first one that comes to mind right now is Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, but just oh. because of the fact that it's YA, so it's, I feel like another thing that people have to realize Do you that write only YA, or I actually don't write YA. I write YA-friendly things, as in mm. kids can relate to it, and I also try to steer away from a lot of the current trends, is to push heavy sexual content, and they call it spice. Yeah, I, I don't do that. I try to tell people's, I love people's expectations right now. There's no spice, there's no, none of that. But one of the things I really liked about it is just that I liked the characters. I liked the pacing. It's like mm-hmm. one of those things where I left, I was like, oh, I want to see what happens next. And it wasn't intimidating to approach. I feel like sometimes the fantasy books, the way that when you open it, it's like, oh, wow, this is a lot. But it didn't really feel that way. And I just liked the feeling that I had throughout it. I don't mm-hmm. think she has anything super graphic. I feel like whenever, another thing too, I'm like, I think it's weird for me. I don't really like a lot of explicit stuff in my reading either. Yeah. So like, I picked up a book and like, this girl's like dropping f-bombs and I was like, oh you know, I'm just gonna put this down. Do Put it down real fast. Oh yeah, <laughs> I it feel like that just takes me out of the story. And I know people are like, oh, just because you're Christian doesn't mean you can't have swears. But I'm like, you couldn't even make up swears of your own world. Like, you could have called him like, I don't
1: know, you cockroach eating something. I don't know, you could have yeah. made something up too. I like that in my own writing where I yeah. tried to be more creative than cursing. Not saying they don't have anyone who, who curses at all in yeah. any of my writing, but like, it needs to be because the character is simple-minded like that that it wouldn't be as creative enough to come yeah. up with something else. Yeah. I could say some of those insults on on this radio show. I'm not going to. <laughs> Even though there's no cuss words in them, they're a little they're a little crazy, so I'm yeah, not gonna say yeah, that. Yeah, but do yeah. you find so as a fantasy writer, do you find that sometimes? studios don't really build their worlds correctly something that so i do a lot of transmedia stuff too Mm -hmm. and something that we've noticed is that and people heard this for years and years just oh the book is better oh oh, oh, the book is better the book is only in very few instances are people like still happy with the transition over yeah one of the biggest flops when it comes to fantasy was aragon going from the book to the movie and your book you want to tell us a little bit about it first, though, yeah. before we get into it? Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. My book is called The Hidden Script. It's about four friends who go on an adventure to be kings and queens in mm-hmm. a new land. It's fantasy, slice of life. So it starts them my orientation, mm-hmm. and things go wrong, so they're scrambling to get to the crowning ceremony. And then once yeah. they get there, you see all of the chaos that they have to deal with. And it came out in Jan- I mean, not January, not February 28th this year. It came yeah. out, the ebook dropped. And then... Yeah. I had a little pr- trouble with getting the publisher, to the printer, to bring the books, yes. so I ended up getting the hardbacks in April, and then the next one is coming out in July. So, but one of the things that like is lost upon is that their kingship is conditional, yeah. and that they have to actually perform works and earn ranks. So they get a mm. test trial, they get to have a palace, a they get to have test. some of the perks, yeah. but if they don't comply, it gets all taken away from them.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. You have a really rich world that you've built here. What do you think is part of the issue when bringing that richness to the world to onto screen?
0: Two things. I think it's production, but I feel like that's a little bit easier now with CGI, but then also time. Cause I feel like time, it takes time yes. for the character. Cause you have a whole 200, 300 pages. So one of the things that they tell us when you're writers, you don't want to just info dump. You don't want to just have like a whole paragraph. Mm-hmm. This is a guy. This is the precedent. This is the time. This is the money. Like yes. you want to have them like, read through it and explore. So I feel like a lot of the times you get it visually, like you get to see different things, Mm -hmm. but the issue with visual is that, did you get it to match the description? And is what I'm imagining what you're imagining? Because we're going based off the creative director's imagination. Colors he chose, when Mm. I say something is a sea blue green, that's seven different shades you can choose from, like hex colors. Yeah. And so I yeah. choose light green, you choose dark green, but then you pair that dark green with another color. So then that sets the mood differently because they yes. tint everything to match. And so yeah. that's how, like, when the movie you have in your head is not going to match the movie of whoever's directing it. You
1: know what I'm saying? And it's also, even as a writer, when someone's directing your own writing, that director is going to have a different vision than you possibly did.
0: Yeah. The director right. has a different vision. Even the editor has a different vision. Like so my true. Movies book, are made
1: three times by writing, the directing,
0: and then in the editing room. Yeah, post-op. And and sometimes they'll have a like conflicting interpretation. I feel like with the production it might be a little easier because whatever is shot, mm-hmm. but like you always have cut scenes. Like for example, in... Uh, the second Black Panther uh, and Wakanda Forever. No, yeah. I can't believe they cut out the romance scene. I had, I
1: had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, I thought yeah. it felt it like, felt it like was... something was missing. And
0: then I saw the cut scene. I was like, who was that test audience? I want to drop kick all of them because they all said
1: no to this. It just. I felt like it was actually like an editing. I thought like that was a studio call.
0: Really? Because I like, the... like yeah. I don't
1: really know a lot of people who've seen that extra part who are confused or they don't love it or something like that, right?
0: Yeah.
1: The scene by itself just works. Even if you've never seen the movie. It works. It works by it's itself.
0: Isolation. That's why I'm so shocked.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I really think it was some sort of like studio time where they're like, oh, we want to come in at, this, at by the seconds. Let me ask you this. When it comes to... Cause there's a lot of writers who say, I don't want to make... I don't want to transfer this book into movies anymore. They say I want to transfer into television because it's more time to stay with the characters. Okay, yeah, right? yeah. Do you... It's not the 1950s. We don't make Ben-Hur's anymore. You know what I'm saying? We don't make these four-hour epics. There was the Irishman. Marvel's trying to push it up to those hours. Yeah, and Marvel's yeah. trying to trying to push it up. But it still doesn't satisfy possibly 13 episodes that are an hour long. Yeah. That's completely different. Yeah. As someone who has written a book that is, I think your, your book's about 500-something pages, right? Mm-hmm. So it's So there's also illustrations, but it is quite thick. It's a little, it's a little thick. She a little thick, yeah. Would you say that something of works of this size would be best uh, told in the and theatrical or best told in a television because a lot of times when you look at things that are some books can't be tv yeah some things can't be tv yeah uh, because the engine isn't there yeah it's just yeah. oh and a lot of escape stuff the plot is escape it just needs to be a movie yeah right so would you say that you're the hidden script is more of a television style or more movie style
0: it's funny because when i imagined it as a TV a movie saga so you'd like have Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. But also, I feel like more. I have different movies, like Marvel. How they have different movies. Oh, like, like the a,
1: connection universe, like yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah.
0: But instead of like, each movie be a different character, and then you see them in Avengers. Like each movie would be the next. It's
1: it just Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it also depends because I know it's hard with TV because if there's no interest, it can get cut. Anyway, through. They so, like know Shadow and Bone got canceled. Right. And they have a petition on change.com or whatever, .org. Oh, let's bring this show back. But what if they don't bring it back? So, it's a talk yeah. either way. But at least with the movie, you know once it's out and you always have that. People can mm-hmm. buy it. People. But then if you had a show cut halfway,
1: yeah. there's no resolution. I tell a lot of creatives this, especially, I can't talk about it right now on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. on the show because of NDAs. But I, I've worked with some writers where they've created something. And now studios get interested and they want to make it. And they're like, what does your first season look like? Studios always, they, they very rarely say, oh, we want one season. Obviously, they, a lot of times they want multiple seasons. They yeah. want one season to test it. Yeah. Right? And then if it gets past that, they're like, okay, let's do multiple seasons, this yeah. and that. Yeah. However, sometimes you get canceled. Netflix is famous for canceling shows that people like. Yeah. How do you think that some of those writers can handle... Because I always tell them go all out the first season. Yeah. Because you don't know if you're going to get another one. Exactly. Just, just go And then try out. to resolve it. That's what, yeah. But sure. you're saying that you would imagine yours as the... Yeah. right? How would you tackle that problem knowing that you might not get a second one, but you want the first one to still be satisfying?
0: Yeah. So with this one, I would actually put the first book and the second book together. So the reason why this book is the way that it is because... It's just production. I didn't have enough money to write everything that I wanted to say and get everything edited and get everything printed. So Funding is a
1: big thing for indie creators.
0: Listen, they charge per word. And I was like, I could not get a reasonable quote to save my life when it was like originally... The original. Now, so you're talking about line editing? You're talking
1: about... Everything. So every the editing? original
0: manuscript for the hidden script mm. was supposed to encapsulate their whole month. So you see them their first week. You see all the drama that they go through. Right. And because they were so negligent their first week, yes. they don't realize they have a mission that they have to do. So that's what book two opens. They have a mission. They have 48 hours. they got to yeah. snag a mission. Yeah. they got to do the mission, complete it, come back. And they end up picking up some last-minute thing because it was the only thing that they had. Why did they not get something earlier? Because they were messing around the first week. Yeah. not paying attention. And then at the end, you see the consequences of all of that. And so mm-hmm. that's, in my head, that's movie one. So even though technically it's two books, that's, that's enough to fill up three hours. Okay,
1: you're talking about what the manuscript originally was and now it's been edited to this version. Yeah. Obviously, there's been some change in story structure a yeah. little bit, right? Oh, yeah. We're entering this zone now, and the consensus is, oh, not only movies are looking visually, starting to sound, feel the same, Right but also in the story structure the same thing wish that came out recently and we wish a lot of people watched it and they said it's just a Disney movie instead of saying, "Oh I love it or this is a, I'm like eh, the trailer' giving that too yeah it's just a standard movie. why do you think that people are, these studios are starting to go into this standard storytelling mode not saying that everything needs to be pants that there's two methods do by pants and your skin and just write whatever or you're going to do outlining so you told me a lot about your world and the book and things like that with screenwriting um why don't you tell some of our listeners because we have a lot of industry professionals but also some people who want to get into the industry do you have any advice for people who just want to start to get writing
0: yeah i would say you know what's funny a lot of the times when i see people ask me they're like oh should i do self-publishing or should i do traditional publishing and my first thing is just get the draft done i feel like for me that has been the biggest hurdle um and It's also hard for me. Like, when I was first starting, I always really wanted to be perfect. And at first, when I was thinking it was going to be a movie, I feel like the ideas flowed a little easier because I was just doing bullet points. I was like, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. But then once I realized I wanted to make my novel an actual prose written novel, I was like, man, how do you describe things? Oh, my gosh.
1: You're going to need more details and things like that. Yeah. so
0: I like had this weird struggle where I had like either passages that were like really sparse and mm-hmm. had no explanation. just like dialogue. But uh-huh. so in my head, I just saw them talking. Did or you, I'm others. sorry, did you
1: start off as a screenwriter?
0: Yeah, the hidden script. I had imagined it to be an animated movie.
1: Oh, yeah. so that's like where the origin was mm-hmm. on that sector. And then you decided to move to the Yeah, novels.
0: it's funny because the opening part, it's called the Intruder. It's because I, in my head, mm-hmm. I heard the song Intruder by Takeoff, the mixtape oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Intruder. Yeah. Intruder. And that's what I'm like, oh, wow. And I just like, saw like the opening, like, scene happening as yeah. if it was like the soundtrack and like this is how it opens some guys like raining and I just saw like all the things like it's like dark setting and I just like the camera panning and everything so that's so cool yeah
1: so what's next for you
0: next for me is writing book two of the hidden script I'm have it set to publish July 9th, mm. 2024, which is exciting. And then more conventions and hopefully getting the word out and just keep pushing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's been uh, great talking to you with you here. You haven't worked, find out what people can listen to you or find you, socials yeah, and online. For
0: sure. You can find us at thehiddenscript.com script.com and mm-hmm. you can find us on Instagram at thehiddenscriptseries, script series, on mm-hmm. Facebook at thehiddenscriptseries, script series, TikTok at the hidden script. X. I mean, I keep saying Twitter, but it's X now. It's X now. The yeah. hidden script.
1: You know, it's quite interesting. Yeah. It's like, do you usually make tweets or he makes X's? I don't know. Because someone who makes X's, that's, that sounds like that might be a problematic person. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much, guys. This has been Film Center. My name's Derek Johnson II. And I'm Jamima Victor. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.
0: This has been Film Center on Comic Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at FilmCenterNews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.